Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up, hikers? It's Andy here, and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles. The podcast that asks the why questions of hiking. The podcast that asks hikers, how has hiking changed them and how are they changing the world around them? That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Hiker Podcast is brought to you by so many amazing people and organizations. Can't forget the Patreons who support this show weekend and week out, who make it possible. If you want to help the show out on Patreon, go to the link in the bio in the description of this episode. It's a great way to help the show out. Also, there is CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail. Go to the link. Over all this stuff, you can go to hikerpodcast.com as well. The links are there, as well as Kanak Outdoors. That is Kanak, not Knock, not Knock, not Kanasi. A couple different ways to say it. It's Kanak Outdoors, makers of all your water storage needs, but also the carbon fiber core trekking poles. Two weeks ago, I had a chance to go up to Portland. I was up there for a job and had a chance to see their whole production line with the trekking poles and the whole operation. There is four people who work there and they're doing so much for the outdoor community. And it's amazing. I got to sit down and have dinner with Gilad, who's been on the show before, the founder and co-founder and owner of Kanak Outdoors. Um, Check them out. Link in the description, hikerpodcast.com. Can't forget Sawyer Products. They keep you outdoors. There'll be a little little uh, mid-roll ad featuring them here soon. They'll tell you more about what they do. But I'm super excited about this week's episode. Many of you, if you've been following the hiking online community for any length of time, you've probably heard from our next guest, Akuna. Kuna is a triple crown hiker sponsored by Merrill. Amazing overall guy. So graceful. Even when I mistakenly said he was the first black person to hike the triple crown, he was the second first black man to hike the, the triple crown. And he was just so graceful. I'm like, oh my gosh, I totally made a mistake. Um, shout out to Chardonnay, who was the first black person to hike the triple crown. But his story is amazing. His insights are amazing. And he's just an overall amazing person to talk to and I like the word amazing apparently but um, yeah it was a great conversation and I wish I could talk to him for another two three hours and I can't wait to one day meet him in person so without any further ado except there is further ado because we have a quick mid-roll from our friends over at Sawyer but after this quick word from Sawyer my conversation with Will Akuna Robinson We're Sawyer, and since 1984, we've been creating technically better solutions for peace of mind in the outdoors. Why? Because we believe everyone deserves to be safe. We believe nature wants to be explored. We believe industry standards should be exceeded. We believe nonprofits deserve some of ours. And we believe the outdoors is a place for community from the backcountry to the backyard. 
we're more than an outdoor company. And we believe a thank you is due to anyone who supports our products. Because of you, we spent a decade teaming up with over 140 charities in 80 countries, bringing Sawyer water filtration systems to people in need all around the world. You help us aid refugees, disaster zones, and life-saving efforts around the world, perhaps without even knowing it. So thank you from everyone here at Sawyer. Together, we are saving millions of lives. So many of you, if you've been in the hiking community for a long time, you've uh, you've probably heard of our next guest. If you uh, are a sports fan and you're on ESPN, you probably read an article about, about all he's accomplished in the hiking world. I am so privileged and excited to have our next guest akuna on the show triple crown hiker akuna how you doing today man i'm doing great andy bruh appreciate you for having me on thank you for coming on and just you know being awesome being a voice in the community uh for hiking and the outdoors and um just everything you do before we get going just introduce yourself who you are where you come from if you if you run into somebody on the trail um what you might tell them about yourself you know, uh, just basically, bro, I'm a Kuna, you know, uh, I'm just a dude that likes to walk a lot. You know, I, I found myself on the trail and, you know, not just that, I, I found a way to be a better version of me. You know, I come from, you know, Southeast Louisiana, I'm Southern and, you know, hiking is a big thing here. I discovered it from Cheryl, uh, Cheryl Strait while I was overseas in Iraq in 2003 and, you know, since 2016, I just can't stop. You know, this is my love. Hitting trails for me, that's going home. And you've inspired so many people with, with your love for the hiking and everything you put out online. So what got you into hiking? You talked about Cheryl Strait, her book and the film. Um, what What was it about that that got you into hiking when you were in Iraq and you got home? You know, it was in our uh, 2003, I was stationed in Iraq and uh, people would send us books, magazines and things like that to keep us occupied. And one day I found this guidebook for the Pacific Crest Trail. And that became like my outlet, my distraction from being in a combat zone. And I used to look at this thing like three to four times a day. And I thought to myself, man, one day it'd be cool to try to do this. But, you know, not long after my military service ended, I was disabled, you know, surgeries on my wrist, doctors telling me I can't do this, I can't do that. And life had a way of happening. So, you know, I, I went through the problems with PTSD, with my physical disabilities, depression, and maybe 13, and 13 years after I left Iraq, you know, I had completely forgot what the Pacific Crest Trail was till I was sitting in my room like I did so many days and Wild was on TV. You know, I'm seeing Reese Witherspoon carrying this giant backpack and I'm thinking to myself, is that that trail I read about a long time ago in Iraq? So, I, you know, I pulled up old Google and I did a little research, realized it was the trail and people did still hike it. And I don't know why, but at that moment, it was just like, I need to do this. You know, I'm in a dark place in my life and it's an extremely dark place. Maybe to take something extreme like hiking from Mexico to Canada to just help me just shed this darkness. And, you know, even though I'd never been backpacking before, I didn't know what I was doing. I started ordering gear that day. You know, I went on the PCTA website, found only a couple of permits available, and one was April 1st. 
which was like a week and a half, two weeks from that date. I got that permit. I booked the plane ticket. I stayed up all night ordering gear. And like I said, a week and a half to two weeks later, I was at the terminus ready to go. That is insane. Um, so you, you, you're at the, you're at the terminus, you're in Campo. Talk about those feelings. Just get here in the desert and you're, you're, you're getting on the trail. What, what were you feeling at that time was you're just starting out there in Southern California? And there was uh, some excitement that I was actually going to be doing something, you know, so many of the, the last few years were spent in a state of just nothingness. So I was excited about that, but nervous at the same time. And a great trail angel that dropped me off at the trail, you know, he, Bob, before he left me, he told me, you know, the gravity of the situation that you're getting yourself into will become apparent as you watch my taillights disappear. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, whatever, but. Being out at the terminus, the sun wasn't even up yet. I was the only person there and seeing those taillights disappear. Oh, yeah, I was a tad bit nervous, but I was excited at the same time. And, you know, and to this day, the desert is still my favorite portion of the PCT. Absolutely love it. You know, it's where I realized that I can do this type of thing. And when you have years of people telling you what you can and can't do to get that feeling that I can accomplish something, yeah, I cherish that always. So the desert, still my favorite times. So you're on the PCT, you're hiking through the desert, you get through the Sierras. I'd be amiss if I didn't ask you, uh, the, the the hiking community in general, and this is changing, has been very, very just wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, just very not, not necessarily a, a welcoming place for people of color. As a black man, what was your what was your uh, reception you received on the Pacific Crest Trail uh, as a black man hiking, you know, from Mexico to Canada in a in a world in a culture that is very very white? You know, it's for the most part the response was pretty positive. You know, like my first year on the PCT, I hooked up with a trail family. You know, from day one I started adding people to my trail family. And, you know, I had a lot of just really cool people. One was a former Marine, nothing yet. So we had that bond. So we were good in that aspect, you know, but at times I would still get the looks, you know, the double takes like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, is that a black person? Let me look again, you know, or the, the people wanting to question my ability, you know, I mean, the first, say, 50 to 60 miles, I almost felt like that I should have went home because I was getting questioned about everything from my pack weight to my ability to hike 10 or 15 miles to if I'm going to get lost and how to navigate. It's like there was a a certain amount of people that to me, it felt like they looked at me, a person that isn't represented in this community. Are we capable of being successful out here? But, you know, with all of that, I I didn't let it deter me. You know, I, I grew up in the South. And here in the South, you know, there's always people having a problem with the color of my skin. And I had to learn at an early age not to let that stop me from doing the things I wanted to do. So, you know, I just kept on trucking. During those moments when, when people would question you or, or, or give you a double take, what kept you motivated to keep going, keep going north? Uh, what kept me going was ultimately I was enjoying myself. You know, I was enjoying the people that I had a connection with. I was enjoying putting in the work and getting my miles in every day and seeing different things 
and I was enjoying the growth, you know, the person I was becoming. But, you know, when things like that happen, the things that get most people super frustrated, I'm one of those people where I get frustrated, I get ticked, and then it becomes funny to me. You know, it's like when you have a problem with me doing something or you want to hate on me doing something, you're just adding fuel to the fire. You just motivate me. And that's what a lot of it does. It motivates me to just keep going on. So you finish the Pacific Crest Trail, you get to Canada. For most people, that myself included, that, that would be the adventure of a lifetime. Like, okay, I did it. I, you kept going. Yeah. You, 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 you were the first. You were the first uh, black person to hike the triple crown of hiking. You kept going the AT and the CDT. What was that decision process looking like to be like, all right, there's two more. I'm gonna go, go do those, and then you've done subsequent trails after that. What did that look like, that decision process? First off, I got to say, I'm actually not the first black person to Triple Crown. That honor goes to Chardonnay. You know, no problem. I just always love to let people know about Chardonnay, Elsie Walker, who's actually the first black person, the black, our first black woman to uh, Triple Crown. She Triple Crown the year before I did. She didn't get the fanfare or the notice that I did. And I, I think that's a shame. So anytime I get to acknowledge her accomplishments, I try to. But, uh, you know, the mindset really was I was enjoying doing this, these journeys, these long distance hikes, the communities around it. So before I even finished the PCT, I was already planning on the AT, which was amazing because uh, I actually finished the PCT in 17. The first time I attempted it was in 16. But in 16, I had never knew of the AT. I didn't know there was more than one long distance trail in America. But as soon as I, people started telling me about it, that I could continue this long distance voyage, it was a no brainer to me that I was going to be doing the other trails. And since that time, you've, you've triple crowned, you've gotten a lot of, like you're saying, you've got, you've gotten a lot of the fanfare. What has that been like going from someone who's never really been hiking before to, you know, you know, you have a shoe deal with Merrill now and you're, you're in the, you're in the industry um, what has that change been like for you personally? Uh, awkward, <laughs> you know, I've never been a person that really liked attention. You know, I, I kind of just get in chill mode. I'm kind of calm, cool and collective. I mean, I can socialize with pretty much anybody, but you know, now when I'm out on trail, sometimes it can be like, like I'm a Kardashian at times. It's like, hey, Sakuna, I want to take pictures with you. Can you sign this? Can you tell me about these things? And, you know, I don't mind sharing my journey with other people because, I mean, a lot of people are looking for something and sharing my journey helps people. But it's still something I don't think I'll ever get used to is, you know, being known and people wanting to celebrate you. You know, the, the whole attention part of it is something that I'm going to continue to have to get used to. How, how do you deal with that because i know for myself you know you you go out into the wilderness you, you so so often you want to be alone and then you know you run into somebody who they recognize you and you're just you're just not in the mood you just don't want to people right now perhaps or you're, you're there to be by yourself and they're wanting selfies or an autograph mm-hmm. how do you deal with that knowing that anytime you step on a trail you could run into somebody who who will recognize you and will 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 say a wonderful nice things about you but you're not there to get attention you're there to be alone in nature you know it's a strange thing it's probably one of the things that makes me different than a lot of through hikers is like i appreciate the solitude 
but I did that here for so many years. I mean, when my PTSD was at its worst, I didn't leave my home unless I needed to. And like a lot of people that suffer from PTSD, one of the first things we do is we pretty much dismantle all of our social relationships. We don't want to engage with people. We avoid going out. So that was something that I didn't realize that I needed when I first hit the trail and the PCT was the social interactions. You know, I thought I was going to be out there completely by myself, not with big groups. When I went, I didn't think I wanted that at all. By the time I was probably at mile 100, I realized the social interactions, I craved them, you know, and when people see me on trail and I like to talk to them, you know, I like to chop it up. I like to see what they're doing, what they got going on, you know, tell them about my story, answer questions. I actually enjoy it. You know, I mean, sometimes on a through hike, it can slow you down a bit. But, you know, most of the interactions, people understand what I'm doing and, you know, they're short, they're pretty brief and we kind of keep it moving. That's amazing. And I know for myself, you run into people, you're like, oh, I I, I want to be alone right now. But to have the other perspective of being around people you you're, that encourages you and that, that uplifts you, that's, that's an amazing perspective and to have and how, how you, you've encouraged other people. I've had so many wonderful people, bro, support me along this journey. And that's the least I can do is to take a few minutes out of my time and, you know, engage with them. You know, it's like you rock with me. I rock with you. That's the way I get down. I like that. What's been what who's been one person you've met on trail through all your hiking, through the Triple Crown, through other hikes, the Arizona Trail, who's really left a huge imprint on your life and on your journey? You know, as far as on the through hiking trails, I'm going to have to say undecided, my girlfriend. You know, we met on the PCT briefly in Tehachapi for like five minutes, and we never saw each other again. Then we ran into each other on the AT about, what, 100 miles in, and we've been together ever since. We continued the rest of the AT together. We hiked the CDT together, completing our Triple Crown. And, you know... She uh she brought something to my life. Once again, it was something that I didn't think I wanted, relationships. I mean, prior to that, I hadn't had a relationship in like seven or eight years. It was something I didn't want. But she, she kind of opened me up and she taught me how to feel again. So, you know, always forever grateful for Undecided for being a part of my life. And, you know, and outside of through hiking, when it comes to the outdoor community, I, I would have to say Jenny Brusso from Unlikely Hikers was you know that person for me i mean that's that's my sister forever i absolutely me too. Love she, jenny. she has changed she's helped change my life too like no doubt for real oh, jenny exactly you know jenny Gosh. is is the person that showed us there's a community for all of us who don't fit with the outdoors think is outdoorsy you know she gave us this safe space to to beat us and to encourage each other and you know it doesn't hurt that she's probably one of the most awesome humans i've ever met you know and, you know, Jenny Brusso is, is a big part of my life. I love that you have brought out an aspect of, of hiking that a lot of people don't think about. It's it's the people. It's the community. The, the hiking community at large, um, it, it's definitely changing. It's, it's being, it's, it's slowly, but surely being more acceptive of people who don't fit into the hiking mold. Um, outside of specific people, what is one or two things about the hiking community that is really encouraging to you and what's maybe something that the hiking community as a whole needs to continue to work on 
um, I think one of the most encouraging things with the hiking community is the the fact that you know it's this when you when you're on a long distance hike, it's this sense of family, the sense of team. You know, when you're on your hardest days out in the middle of nowhere and you kind of want to quit or you're just having it rough, you have all this encouragement. I mean, it could be a person you just met 10 miles ago is going to be right there. Just like, you got this. I know this climb is kicking your butt. It's kicking my butt too, but you got this. You can do this. You know, oh, you're hungry. You're out of food. Let me give you my last Snickers, which for those who don't know, that's through Hiker Love right there to give up your yeah. last Snickers bar. You know, it's just, it's a camaraderie I hadn't felt since I was in the military. I mean, you quickly bond with these people and they become you know, just as important to your hike as having a resupply plan. You know, it's like the AT. It was the people that I was hiking with, the encouragement, watching them grow into hikers that kept me on the AT. It's just, you know, I won't lie, the first four or 500 miles, I was miserable on that trail. You know, it's a completely different type of hiking than West Coast hiking. And it was just those people and their encouragements and their journeys and their growth is what kept me there. And as uh, far as one of the things I would like to see kind of change within our community, I'm sure you witnessed this before, but it's gotten way too competitive. You know, it's, everything yeah. is yeah. now a competition of some sort. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, oh, my back, my pack weight is lighter than yours, or I can hike more miles in a day than you did, or I redlined the whole time, you know, every step. I put my trick pole down when I went off trail and then went directly back to that trek pool. So my hike was better than yours. It's like, man, we're all out here in nature trying to accomplish something for ourselves. This is not a competition. This is you going out in nature and then just enjoying yourself, enjoying your journey. It doesn't need to compare to someone else's. You know, when it comes to being out in the outdoors, there shouldn't be a concept of winner and loser. You know, we're all winning if we're going out there, we're doing something we're enjoying and we're leaving this place in the same condition or better than what we approached it in. How do you think perhaps social media has contributed to that, that competition of I've gone further, I redlined, um, I didn't slack pack, you know, all the different things people like to say and on, on the trail. What, how's, in your opinion, being very active on social media, how has that contributed to, to those issues? You know, there's there's so many hikers on social media, but again, th speaking of the through hiking community, I think social media plays a part because there's so many hikers out here and everyone's looking for something that's going to distinguish themselves from the rest of the pack. So it's like, well, this person hiked the PCT. If I do the PCT and I average more miles a day, or if I do it this certain way, maybe I will get more of a reaction from followers than they do it's like the industries that they're finding out that through hikers and hikers are a market and so now everyone's looking to be a business everyone's looking to try to to make money off of their passion of being in the outdoors and because of the way that the business side of the outdoor industry is made your accomplishments what you're doing in the outdoors counts but not as much as your following and your engagement does mm -hmm, so you mm -hmm. have people out here that are you know trying to set themselves apart from other hikers so they can have that engagement that following that will attract brands 
how have you navigated that? Cause that's something personally I, I'm navigating, um, having gone viral on accident and then all of a sudden all these brands coming to me and they're like, Oh, you know, this, that, and they're throwing all this stuff at you. And it's like, Oh wow. Okay. And then it's, it's, it's really hard to navigate. And you've been very vocal about, you know, not having people just come to you, you know, like I remember in February, you were very vocal about the fact that brands were, would come to you or people would come to you and almost tokenism in a way because mm-hmm. it was black history month. And then they don't talk to you, you know, the other 11 months out of the year. Um, how do you navigate that the outdoor industry as, as a commodity, you know, being commodified uh, hikers being commodified um, as, as a resource and still be able to do what you love and be able to make a living from it. Cause that's, that's something I know I'm trying to navigate, you know, I'm hiking on public lands. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I'm doing what I love, but this is also a way I can provide for myself and my family and it's great. And it gives me flexibility. What has that journey been like for you? Oh, you know, uh, honestly, the journey really is uh, kind of being broke a lot, you know, or just having what you need is it's like, for me, it's about knowing my value and my worth. You know, it's like, I'm not going to compromise who I am and what I believe in for any dollar amount. So when people contact me for things like Black History Month, then I can clearly see you're just tokenizing me. You're looking for that black face so you have black content. You know, if it was anything other than that, you would rock with me prior to Black History Month. I only rock with those people who I have a relationship with prior. And, you know, they make offers and things all the time. And what I do is say, hey, I could really use the money. I really, really could, but it's not worth it in my opinion. So I just turn down a lot of things. You know, it's a constant state of turning down things because I know my value. I know my value. I stick to my guns. I stick to my morals. And if that means not making a lot of money, oh, well. Shifting gears a little bit. You, you got into hiking um, after coming home from Iraq. You've, you've dealt with, you know, PTSD and all the things that go along with that. How has hiking from a mental health perspective changed your life? <sighs> what hiking has done for me is, you know, not cured. You know, people mistakenly say, I'm glad you, you went out through hiking and you cured yourself of PTSD. But you know, things like PTSD, depression, anxiety, there really is no cure for. What I got from going out on hikes is I developed skills to better deal with PTSD. You know, the situations that would normally cause me, you know, high anxiety levels, they still do. But, you know, I can think about times I spent in the wilderness. I can look at pictures. I can do the same type of breathing I would do on climbs and it would calm me down way better than any other medication did or you know the days that i'm down in the dumps or i'm depressed i start thinking about my journeys i start thinking about the people that i've talked to you know i start looking at pictures and seeing things that i accomplish and it brings me right back out of it so you know the the long distance hiking has just given me the tools to better be able to deal with my mental health that's one thing i always like to tell people when they, when they talk to me about hiking and mental health is like oh you know hiking is is, is therapy for you or to cure you cure you of your anxiety andy and i'm like no hiking is therapeutic it's taught yeah. me a lot but it hasn't it's, hasn't fixed the issues 
you know, it's it's one of the few places where we can actually work on ourselves and beat us. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have uh, things going on with your mental health, when you're in normal society, you feel like everyone knows. You feel like they're judging you because of it. So you just try to mask what's going on. When you're out there in, in nature, you can let it all out. If you're frustrated and need to scream your lungs out, you can do this and not be considered an outcast. You know, or or the opposite. If you need to go out there and just cry, you can do this. And, you know, no one's going to bat an eye at it. So it's it gives you that ability to work on yourself and to get some things out that you don't get in your everyday life. And for the most part, it's distraction free. You know, you're in airplane mode, your cell phone service isn't out. You don't have notifications left and right. You know, your email's not blowing up. I mean, this is one of the few places that I know of that we actually get the time to work on us. What has been one time or an instance while you're hiking where you realize this is, this is what my life's about now. This is what, this is, this is my passion. At what point was it in your journey? You were like, this is what I'm doing now. This is hiking the outdoors. This is what I'm about mile 100 of the pct in 2016 that was my moment you know when i went out to the trail you know being a person with mental and physical disabilities i had no clue what i was going to be able to accomplish and i have to be honest i really didn't think i was going to make it that far i just knew i needed to be there when i hit mile 100 i mean (laughs) if you would have saw me you would have thought i had made it to canada i mean i celebrated big time Like it was the northern terminus of the world's longest trail, you know, because I didn't know I was going to be able to accomplish something like that. And when I accomplished it, I was having a good time and I was actually for once in a long time liking the person that stood there. I knew this is my medicine now. This is my life. And, you know, and to this day, I still celebrate every hundred mile of any trail because, you know, it's, 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 it's the feeling I get. I'm in it. I'm accomplishing something. I'm doing something that I want to do on my terms, you know, and it taught me too to celebrate the small victories. You know, I mean, I'm that person that gets on a through hike and I would tell people straight up, you get to hundred miles, celebrate, you get to your next town, celebrate. That's where the long distance trail is. It's a series of small celebrations of small accomplishments that equal something bigger. If you can go back to 19 years ago, 2003, and talk to yourself you're in iraq what would you tell yourself i think i would tell myself you know hey akuna you're gonna go through some rough times they're really going to be a lot of trials and tribulations but understand that those hard times is going to mold you into a better man than you could ever think to you were going to be because they, they really have you know i went through a lot of stuff but it has made me to a point where I've liked myself more than I ever have. And it's because, you know, I'm this functioning person that's enjoying every day of his life and using my journey to help other people. I mean, I could have never imagined being in this position and it's a good feeling. What would you tell someone they come to you and they want to start their hiking journey, their journey in the outdoors they are just starting out. They're not, maybe they don't fit into the stereotypical cookie cutter mold of a hiker. What would you tell them? 
I would tell them that a lot of people are probably going to talk you, try to talk you out of it. But this is one of these situations where it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to do something that's going to bring joy to your life, regardless of what pe other people have to say about it. They may not want you out there or you may not fit the, the stereotype of what an outdoor person is. But if that's where you think you're going to find your joy, that's where you need to be. So, you know, do your research, make sure you have your, your, your you're able to be safe and go out there and get that joy. I love that. It's okay to be selfish. And I think so often in society, we're trying to be humble or, or trying to be help other people at the same time we don't we don't take care of ourselves and if we don't take care of ourselves and be a little selfish we can't help others and do things for others and i know definitely. that's what hiking has given to me as well definitely i mean so many of us live our lives catering to other people and what society tells us to do while we're just kind of quietly dying inside you know self-care wasn't something that was taught to most of us to take time for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. and you know mm -hmm. it's a lesson that we're we're all hopefully learning now and we're taking heed of and we're doing something about it and you know that's what nature can be for you it can be the self-care that your 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 soul is craving so closing out here what what, what do you have going on now what's what's the future looking like you're working with Merrill, you're working with brands you're, you're on the trail all the time you're doing training hikes what's What's the next uh, year looking like for you? Uh, I, you know, I got a project that I'm working on right now. It's not at the stages of being able to discuss about it. Uh, I wish I could say I had a whole bunch more work going on, but uh, <laughs> I think I touched on this the other day on my uh, social media accounts. Uh, the ESPN didn't article didn't bring as much work as some people might think it had brought, but you know, I that's a whole another discussion about how the industry works. But uh, I'm just, you know, lining up hikes and kind of enjoying it. You know, next month I'm looking at going out to Arkansas and doing the Ozark Highland Trail. I'm debating um, doing the Ice Age Trail later this year. You know, the, the plan was to hike the Tayorora this year in New Zealand. But, um, you know, with COVID restrictions and New Zealand closing down the borders, you know, once they get, you know, X amount of cases, it was kind of hard mm -hmm. to put that one in stone. You know, if I do, then I kind of lose the U.S. hiking season. So I'm yeah. kind of making my plan B, C, and D right now. I did like what you said on your Instagram stories the other day about how so many in the out outdoor companies, they there's so many people out there who are, are doing work for free or for gear that companies won't approach you because they don't want to pay. Um, yeah. That, that's been a huge issue all around. It's like, I can't pay, I can't pay my rent with, you know, another backpack. Exactly. And, you know, we shouldn't have to settle for that. I mean, the outdoor industry is a, is a, in a whole is an industry that's worth more than oil is to the United States. You know, you go uh -huh. to the outdoor retailer events and things and you hear things like this constantly. And for a person that's a through hiker, you definitely shouldn't be working for product. And we definitely shouldn't have to be working for campaigns because we're not just influencers. That's a hat that we wear, but ultimately we're, you can call us extreme athletes, you know, and when we're putting in the type of work we're putting in, that's 24 seven advertisement dollars for you. When we're on person on trails, when we're in our everyday life, because I wear my Merrill shoes and most of my hiking mm -hmm. stuff everywhere I go, that's 24 seven marketing on our platforms, whatever those may be. And that's the type of things that, in my opinion, require sponsorships, not campaigns or free gear. So 
you know, I talk about it a lot on my page. You know, I know like Daniel White, the Black Alachian, talks about it a lot on his page. It is one of these things where I don't know if I will be around to see it change. But you know what? Hey, even if I'm not around, if it's going to help somebody a year or two from now actually be able to get what they deserve from brands, it's worth it. It's it's so important because the hikers are hikers have families they have needs they have you know rent and bills and student loans and all these things mm -hmm. that have to be taken care of and you know like myself i'm walking around in columbia gear all the time columbia you know they, they sponsor me and it's like i'm a 24 I'm 7 billboard every time i post you're gonna see a columbia logo somewhere because it's just what i yeah. wear it it's it's only fair and i think the, the outdoor industry has to step up definitely really i mean if if you climbed boulders if you rode bikes if you ran the sponsorship dollars are there. So why are they not there with the hikers? You get the same yep. type of marketing from us that you do from all the other outdoor sports. Mm -hmm. Yep. Kuna, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I feel like I talked to you for like another hour or two, but if people want to reach out and, and see uh, what you're doing, what, what you've been up to, where would they go? You know, you can go to my Instagram, Akuna Hikes. Uh, you can go to my website, akunahikes.com. It's a little out of date right now, but I'm getting ready to do a massive makeover on that so we can get everything back up to date. And, you know, I, I try to share everything on my social media, so that's probably the best place to, to contact me. Kuna, thank you so much for coming on the Hiker Podcast and sharing your story and your insights. Uh, no problem, Andy. Had a blast chopping it up with you. Thank you to Akuna for coming on the show, sharing your story, taking the time out of your day to just conversate about how hiking has changed you and how you're changing the world around you. You're changing the outdoor industry. I love what he said there that, you know, the outdoor industry is more profitable to the United States than oil. That's just incredible, incredible to think about. And it's, uh, it's responsibility all of us to make sure that, that, the outdoor companies and corporations are, are being responsible and are treating people fairly. And um, yeah, this amazing overall conversation. Um, I wish I didn't have to try to keep this entire show 45 minutes to an hour because um, we probably could have a three hour conversation. I can't wait to meet Akuna in person one day. Um, PCT days are coming up. Should probably see if he's going to be there. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out, what else we got going on? Go to hikerpodcast.com. There you'll find my Instagram at Andy Films and Hikes. You can follow me. Also follow the Hiker Podcast Instagram at Hiker Podcast. Go to hikerpodcast.com to check out all past episodes, including links to different places to listen, including Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a review and a rating. Rating is the star system and reviews are just saying some nice words. That always helps at the show. It helps with search engine optimization, all that fun stuff, and gets the word out. Um, about the show and about what we are doing here at the Hiker Podcast. Also, Spotify now has a rating system too where you can put stars. So if you're listening on Spotify, you can do the same thing. Um, but thank you so much for listening all the way through, for encouraging me by your kind words. I, I never cease to be amazed by the kind words so many of you who listen to the show send to me and I'm, 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 I'm completely 
taken aback, taken aback and by this community and how hiking in this community has changed my life and how I get to do cool things now. And it's just, you all are awesome. So thank you so much. Like I said before, if you uh, want to find out where to listen or want to support the show uh, via Patreon, go to hikerpodcast.com. Also, don't forget to follow Akuna on Instagram at Akuna Hikes. And thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast.